Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence. Your spirit is here with us. To teach us, to enlighten us, to inform us, to bless us, to guide and direct. Our minds and our hearts are open to receive your thoughts and instructions. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some time ago we had a training program and I believe it was beneficial to you if you attended it but if you didn't then of course you must have cheated yourself the reason for today's meeting really is to build on what we've already established um, from our last training program like you say where do you go from here having arrived at the place we arrived at we have to begin to take actions During that training program, I talked to you about which one, which of them is the. Uh, am I writing, writing on this or on this? Okay. I was talking to you on. Do you remember this? <coughs> What's that? An environment that works. Okay. And we try to locate others our challenges and also to propose solutions but now is to provide for us the necessary information to act upon precisely for practical solutions. Is that okay? Now, after this, you cannot have any excuse after this you cannot have any excuse for doing things differently remember that we are building a world class team right and that means 
Verdade? Ok. So, if you have a problem, we'll give you a world-class implication. That means world-class punishment. What is that? Number one, fresh vision. Number two, systems thinking. What's that? Okay, assumptions. Now, by the way, that looks like a, a B, but it's an S. Um, assumption number one. Assumption number two. Assumption number three. Okay, now let's review what we have on the board. First, we're talking about an, an environment that works, all right? And we have moved from locating ourselves and our problems and um, trying to prefer solutions to developing those solutions for action. So, first, there has to be a fresh vision. What is the meaning of a fresh vision here? A new way of seeing things. So you say, no more business as usual. Right? No more business as usual. A new way of seeing things. When we say no more business as usual, we put in bracket, things don't work like they used to anymore. All right? Why? A new way of seeing things. Like we say, um, the message doesn't change, the mission doesn't change, but the methods change. So you put that down. The message doesn't change, the mission doesn't change, but the methods change. And so we have to constantly adjust to changing times. With changing methods. Take for example, um, Three years ago, 
we were having problems with electricity here. We got generators. We were having problems with diesel supply. Um, sometimes if Nepal didn't give light, the internal Nepal here didn't give light either. And so there were problems. The same excuses. No diesel. Um, there's a fault in the generator. One thing or the other. Three years later, we still have the same definitions of our problems. The generator has a, a fault. Um, no diesel. Uh, so and so is not around. Things like that. The same problems three years later. That's conducting business as usual. You are too young for that. You're too young for that. Just too young for that. If you think like that, then the world is moving too fast for you. You can't cope. You're not going to cope. As an individual, if you, if you think like this, you can't, you can't cope. The world is moving too fast for that. So that's what I mean when I say no more business as usual. You gotta have a fresh way of seeing things. We'll review what we do and ask ourselves, okay, did we have these problems five years ago? I mean, if we were doing the same thing, did we have these problems five years ago? If we did, why are we still having the same problem now? Five years after. It means some people are thinking the way they used to think five years ago. And so they're conducting business as usual. But that's not going to work in the scheme of things for facing the future. <clears throat> then I'll, I'll come over here to these assumptions. I'll come to systems thinking, which will be the major aspect of our discussion. But here, uh, the assumptions. I said, number one, no bad guys. is an assumption. We have to, if we're going to make, if we're going to change things, we have to first assume that there are no bad guys in the system. Which means no one to blame. Because if we have somebody to blame, we will not change anything because we have someone responsible. And we feel until that person changes, everything is going to remain the way it's always been. So what? Business as usual. So first assume there are no bad guys. Okay, let's look at it. Um, Maybe back to the simple example I gave now about electricity. Let's suppose we had a service coming up, a meeting coming up, and suddenly we were told the generator is not working. Why? There's a fault. So, we have 
verses. Why? Why is there a fault? The first thing is, why is there no light? Okay? So they say, well, there's a fault. Why is there a fault? Let's assume it's a, a usual kind of thing. Not like somebody got it messed up. Um, it's not been serviced for some time. Question, why? That's the third why now, right? Well, um, we wanted to service it, but we didn't get the money. Why? That's the fourth why. Okay, uh, well, um, they said they didn't get the approval for the money. Why? That's why number five. Why didn't they get the approval for the money? Ha. Huh. Then that takes us somewhere because if they didn't get the approval for the money, then we have to find out from the one who didn't give the approval what was wrong. Why was there no approval? So we'll call it what? I expand that box a little. Why are you cleaning it? I don't want to clean it yet. Thank you. Where did that guy come from? <laughs> now he has me rewriting everything I've written before. Okay. The five whys. Okay? So, why? Now, um, we have to learn to find out what the problem is. Now, you come to this. What you call, this is one, this is two, and then this is three. Maybe we should, okay, is that right? Let's go. Uh, I hope you can see this. Hmm. What's that? Uh huh. Making the problem go away. Sometimes we don't let the problem go away, we don't make it go away. We take actions that don't eliminate the problem. So we just go around, but the problem remains. Why? Because the problem was never dealt with. And I said, to deal with problems and to create an environment that works, there are certain required assumptions. They're called required assumptions. It doesn't mean that you're naive, that you don't know that these things may not be a reality all the time. But that notwithstanding, if you don't assume this, you're not gonna you have no success. You see? It's like in the pastoral ministry. I tell pastors, you must assume of necessity 
that everybody in the church likes you. Doesn't matter that there could be somebody in the church who doesn't like you, but you've got to assume that for everybody to come to church, that they all like you. Because if you start thinking there's somebody in the congregation who doesn't like you, you just can't do the job right. So even if somebody stood up in the congregation and said, I hate you! You say, you love me so much, you don't know how to define yourself. <laughs> because that's the fact. If he hated you so much, why did he come to church? He should have stayed at home. But he came because he actually likes you. But he's struggling with it. And that's a fact. So the pastor must assume until he learns to believe it. Okay? So, here's the point. You say, no bad guys. So, we are not looking to blame somebody. We are not looking to, okay, you are the bad guy. You spoiled it. It's because of you that it didn't work. That's not going to help us solve the problem or make the problem go away. It's going to keep the problem there. So we can blame ourselves, we can create enemies, uh, destroy friendships, and then keep the problem within. Two years later, five years later, you're still going to have that problem. Are you there? Okay. Let it soak. So have you written down these things? All right. Where is that gentleman? You can come and help me now. But leave the title. So we're going to have to learn to see things differently. Have a new way of seeing things. Don't conduct business as usual. All right? Thank you. No more business as usual. When you want to make a change, you cannot keep doing what you used to do and expect a new result. <laughs> that's, that's stupid. What do you think? How could you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result? I understand only mad people do that. Okay, so an environment that works. So we come to this. Systems thinking. Systems thinking is the mentality that must be cultivated in an environment that works. So let me give you a few thoughts, a few lines. You know, when you're ignorant of something, you may not be held responsible when things go wrong. Or when you have received the knowledge, you become responsible. So, we're teaching this so you can become responsible. Everyone is responsible. Now, let's go through our assumptions again. Number one assumption is what? No bad guys. Right? Okay. 
So there are no bad guys in our system. Do we have any bad guys? <laughs> Talk to me. Do we have any bad guys? Any bad guys here? Do you know any bad guys here? No. Okay, assumption number two is what? We all want the same results. We all want to be successful on a job. We all want to make sure we win a lot of people to Jesus Christ all over the world. We are all desirous to have excellence in everything that we do. To achieve the best results. We all want that. Is there anybody here you know who doesn't want that? I think we all want that. Assumption number three. We are absolutely able. Absolutely. We can. We can. We can achieve the best results. We can achieve all that we desire to achieve. We absolutely can. There's no doubt about that. We've got to have our minds made up about it. We can achieve everything that we want to achieve. God's word has already made that clear to us that we can. And it has to become our present, our mentality, our way of thinking. So we can. So you have that I can do mentality, right? Okay. No bad guys. We all want the same results. And we are absolutely able. Now, to begin to define for you what we mean, I want you to picture a car. How many of you ever drove a car? How many of you ever sat in a car? A moving car? Not everybody. Okay. All right. Now, in a moving car, there are so many different things working. Can you name any... Before a vehicle, a car can take you from here to Victoria Island, there will probably be several moving parts. Can you name some moving parts in a car that you know? What? Tires. The fan belt, somebody said. The steering. The piston. The injector, the axle, thank you, thank you, thank you. What if we collected an axle from the workshop and decided to ride it to Victor Island? <laughs> I don't think you have a good experience. Okay. So... That didn't work in isolation. The axle didn't work in isolation. All the parts you mentioned had to have some other parts 
working in conjunction with it to get you to Victoria Island. Okay. Now, that kind of thinking is what we're talking about. When we start thinking of our role in the system, we've got to recognize that we are a system. We have a system. And so we are developing our system. So, in our kind of work, number one, we have this. We have a team. All right? You can put an A before, before your team. A, all right? We have a team. Okay? Um, the World Cup is going on. How many of you remember that... Um, uh, do you know any team that lost recently? Brazil, right? Brazil. Brazil lost. Forget about England. Let's talk about Brazil. <laughs> I want to talk about Brazil first. Now, when... Brazil lost, it was only, uh, at least everybody will know the name Ronaldo, I guess. It was only Ronaldo that was sent home. Have you forgotten? No, the rest of them are still in, the, the rest of them are, they are still playing. Ronaldo has gone home for bad play. <laughs> Come on. What happened? The whole team was sent home. Doesn't matter what the keeper did. Doesn't matter what the skipper did. Doesn't matter what the coach did. The coach and everybody, including the manager, they all gone home. And we didn't say, and nobody announced, that... Uh, the goalkeeper of the Brazilian team has been defeated. Maybe, maybe we should look at that of England because they went out by penalty shootout, right? Good. The keeper lost the game. Was it the goalkeeper that lost the match? The team lost. England lost. It wasn't the goalkeeper. And nobody's blaming Rooney for the, for the, for the match. He wasn't the problem. The whole team has gone back to England. <laughs> so you see, it's important for us to understand systems thinking. Systems thinking is a new way of thinking in an environment that works. In, in such an environment, you don't think of your job or yourself alone. You think of the team, the whole structure. 
This is the new thinking. Let's suppose you're a cameraman and you've done a bad job. What's going to happen is the viewers around the world will never look for you. They're going to say bad pictures by Christ's embassy. If you're an editor and a program doesn't get in the station and we have to keep repeating, they're not going to say, there's a, there's a bad editor in that team. They're going to say, Christ in mercy keeps repeating their programs. So it's not about how you are performing. It's about how we are performing. Now, how are we going to measure our job? We're going to measure our job not by I hit my target, but by knowing whether the whole system is achieving its dream. Are we achieving our dreams? That's what really counts. Really, that's when you become very successful. When you are only hitting your target, you're not very successful. You are an apprentice. You are a trainee. You're not yet in the system. When what you do is hit your target. When you become systems-minded, you think differently. You start going beyond your target. I'll give you a simple example. Here I am. Maybe I work in the... Uh, um, maybe I work in the missions office or publications office or um, I'm a cameraman and I'm walking down towards the gate I find someone who says please excuse me I'm looking for um, a way to reach a pastor then I say go to the office there knock at the door there somebody will talk to you and I walk away you're not systems minded you see, see, it's not your job, you don't care. So it doesn't matter whether he finds what he wants or not. Please, I'm, I'm here trying to give my tithe and I, I don't know who to see. And you say, you don't know anybody here? Say, no, I don't know anybody here. <laughs> like the fellow who, who answered the call, I made a call and I said, I, I'd like to... Um, <laughs> I'd like to, I said I was watching a TV program and I, I would like to give some money for the inner city mission. What do I do? The fellow on the other end said, um, okay, wh wh where are you calling from? I said, uh, Ikeja. And she said, good. Um, come to the church and when you get to the, to the gate, ask for Pastor A.T. And then you can give her 
what you want to give. That's what she told me on the phone. Come to the church. When you get to the gate, ask for Pastor Eti. Eti. And then they give her what you want. I made the call. That's what, that's what the lady told me. Calling from Ikeja, he said, That's good. Come to the church. Uh, ask for, when you get to the gate, ask for Pastor Eti. It was just about maybe a few meetings before we left the campground. They were still having some meetings at the campground. That's terrible. But you see, um, it only tells us how we need to be trained on what we do. Was she committed? Yes. Was she intelligent? Yes. Did she want to do it well? Yes. So what happened? She probably didn't know the impact of what she was doing. I actually had been told already that that was the kind of answer I was going to get. Because somebody else had tried. And I thought, that's, that's impossible. They wouldn't do that. I said, well, that's exactly what they've done. So I said, all right, give me the numbers. And then I made the call. And I got hit. Okay. So, in systems thinking, you meet that fellow who's looking for someone that doesn't have any relationship with your particular office, and you're in a hurry, you're going out. Okay, my name's John. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'd like to see the pastor. He said, oh, okay. Uh, I can't take you to the pastor, but here's what I'll do. Follow me. You see, you were going somewhere. Now you can say, I was actually hurrying somewhere, but I've got to help you out on this. Come. You take him to the office that's responsible for that, and you introduce him. And introduce whoever is behind the desk to John. And say, this is what um, he says he'd like to see the pastor. But I already let him know that um, I wouldn't be able to do that for him. But this is the office that handles this. So be free to ask whatever questions you want. Please sit down and then you've done your job. And you leave. He will never forget the treatment that he got. He'll never forget it. But as a thoroughbred Nigerian who has been under military rule since your birth, you might even say to him, yes, what are you doing here? He says, I would like to see the pastor. See, is he here? You see the pastor. Some years ago, I told a policeman that he should address me as a civilian because he's a civilian. He was very upset, very angry. He would like to think of himself as a military man. Well, I was wrong. So we all are like that. We talk like that. But we've got to change. All right? 
a new way of thinking. How many of you know all over the world the military officers are giving up their authority over their nations? Come on. The generals and the commanders are no longer heading the nations. They're going to the barracks. They're being shut out of mainstream of society because their, their, their training is just not good for the streets. So we can't, we can't come out with their mentality and deal with people. So we're talking about being systems minded. You have to see to it. I'll give you another, another example. Hello? Okay, let's look at this. We said a team. Another thing you need to know here. What's that? Processes. Processes. You have a team that's dealing through different processes. Different processes. I think the World Cup gives us a, a very good, um, uh, let's say, football, a beautiful game, right? And uh, it's the simplest game in the world, really. That's why most people like it. Not because it's the most entertaining, but it's the easiest for people to understand. So old and young, rich or poor, males and females, all by just watching for a few minutes can understand football. They don't need anybody to explain much to them. That's what makes football beautiful. Okay, now look at football again. Um, you have the, the goalkeeper, right? When there's a threat... I think that everybody in front and the midfield remain where they are and leave the goalkeeper and say, you better catch that ball. <laughs> They're not going to do that because they don't want to be out. So you see them rushing to the back to defend the goal. Because they don't want the balls coming this way. They want the ball going that way. See, so... They come here and stick with the goalkeeper until the threat is gone. And then they move forward again and attack the enemy while the others are down here waiting. Hello? Okay. So that's what teamwork is all about. You know your position. You're going to play your game right. But you will not stay where you are and blame number nine for letting the ball go. Don't you understand? 
You can't say, well, he, he let them take the ball. Nonsense. What are you doing? You can't do that. Even sometimes you see some of, the, some of the footballers getting angry, especially the goalkeeper sometimes. He's mad because they left him alone. And he's oh, what pointing like this. But then he hurries to take the ball and he's back there, you know. But he doesn't have to complain because nobody's listening to him anyway. It's just a cameraman that can show him. See, everyone defends his own area and yet remembers to help out everywhere else. Because if anything happens, we are all out of here. I think that's what makes the knockout stages more interesting. When you know you don't have another chance. This time, or it's over. So while you're doing yours, you remember the failure of any group or anybody else is going to impact negatively on the excellent job that you have done. You've done an excellent job, but someone else may mess it up. And you don't want to give that chance. You still there? Okay. Now, in our context, what's the process? I'll give you a thought here. A process is a number of people working together for a specific goal. A number of people working together for a specific goal. So, when you are in the in the um, script unit, that's a process. Okay, that's just part of the process. What is our vision? Winning souls. Our vision is not writing books. Our vision is not television ministry. Our vision is winning people. So you see, in your unit or in your department, it's just a process. You see, whatever it is you do there is not enough to achieve what we want to achieve. What's our vision? If you're in a technical unit, and uh, you're having to provide electricity, water, and so on and so forth. That's not what's winning souls. But it's a process. It's part of the process. So our vision is not getting water here. It's not getting light here. If you're in security, our vision is not the security of the place. But each department, each unit understands its goal. But your goal, whatever it is, no matter how, how elaborate it is, it's a process. Hello. So what's the goal? Well, we need people. That's the vision. 
But what I'm doing on its own is not enough to win the people. Maybe I drive the, the, the bus, the department bus. That's not enough to win the people, but it's a process. But you see, if I have in my mind what the vision is, which is winning people, and I recognize... Um, now, how many of you know, back to football, it doesn't matter how many goals you score. It matters that the opponent doesn't score more than you. Come on. So, it's not enough for the guys at the front, for those strikers to say, well, we scored 10. Well, the other guys got 12. You're still beaten. What does that mean? That even though I'm scoring, we've got to win. It's not enough to score. We need to win. Yeah, I'm scoring all right. I've scored five already. I've already, I've already scored the most goals in the tournament. I've scored nine goals. So he says, during the season, I've scored nine goals. Well, did you win? No, not quite. The other guy scored ten, and that's how they beat us. <laughs> You're still beaten. So it's not enough to do your job. It has to become our job. What's our job? You've done your job, but have we achieved our goal? Have we, have we achieved our vision? So, in your department you have a particular goal that you, that you are uh, heading for. That's your target. Yes, you're going for it. Yes, but that's just a process. So we have several processes involved in our vision of winning the world, Jesus Christ. We have several processes. We have television, we have the print media, we have all kinds of things, all right, including cleaning up, um, uh, transportation, security, all of these things, all of these various processes putting together our efforts to win people, Jesus Christ. So if what I'm doing is not helping to win people, then I'm failing. Because that's the overall vision. Now let's go again. You still here? Are you catching the idea? So I said, a process is a number of people working together for a specific goal. Now, a system is all those processes put together. Aha. All those processes put together. By the time we put all what you're doing in your units and in the other unit and in the other unit and in all those departments, we have put all of them together, then we can watch out and see how many more people are coming to church, how many more people are coming to the, to the conferences, to the crusades, how many lives we're touching, and so on. Then there's joy and everybody's happy. 
Because we know what our main goal is all about. Are you, are you understanding it? So, it's important that you see the process. You've got to see the process. And two, you've got to see the system. So, let's look at these things in depth. I said, you see the process, and then you see what? The system. And except, now what, one of the things we're going to do after this is to create what I may call um, a systems development unit. Okay? Or department. And I'll explain... Um, how that goes. All right. You've got to see the process. You've got to see the system. Let's look at something. We have um, uh, an internet service here. And I understand that some of you are not connected. How many of you are not connected to the internet? That's terrible. <clears throat> In 2006, that's terrible. Okay? In an environment that works. Alright? You should be connected to the internet. We should, we should have a hotspot in a place like this. Such that anywhere you are in the environment, you can get on the internet with your PDA. I think that's, you ought to walk to that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You ought to get up to that. Look at the number of people you have here working here. <clears throat> okay. Now, for the few of you that even have it, how many of you are connected to the internet? Okay. I wonder what speed you enjoy. I was downloading uh, something uh, in Berlin. And I was downloading at 450 kilobytes per second. I came back here. And I, I was downloading, anyway, I've, I've downloaded, I think maybe the fastest that I've had um, has been some, some about 22 kilobytes per second. I've, I've had that here, 22. Um, I've had it start out with anything up to 230 in within seconds. I mean seconds, split seconds. It dropped from 280 or 230 to 150, 80, 
60, 40, 30. And I was alarmed when it got to one. Now you think that was terrible. While I was making a phone call to the guys responsible for it, complaining that, look, I'm having one kilobyte per second. While I was still talking, it went to 800 bytes. And to 560 bytes. I couldn't believe it. And I was downloading something for about, maybe something that was supposed to be about 13 megabytes. It was horrible. Five hundred and sixty bytes per second. Even Solomon Slow wouldn't have done that. <laughs> so question Why? You see it? Why? What's responsible? We're talking about making the problem go away. What's the problem? What's wrong? Why or how can we have a better speed? And how can that speed be consistent? Now, if you don't know what to do with the internet, this may not interest you. Okay? Because for many of you here, you think internet is for emailing. That's about how far you go on the internet. Or browsing, just looking at other people's websites like this. You know, as though you're watching a film. Just <laughs> There's more to the internet than that. But you see, if it's very slow, you can't achieve anything. It's annoyingly slow. I've been to many places, i tell you the truth, including this country, I haven't been anywhere yet where I had anything as slow as I've seen here. And I've told you know, the officials responsible, at least those who were responsible up to maybe two months ago, three months ago. I've never seen, I've, I've never been anywhere that had it as slow as it is here. And it's been consistently slow. And then they told me I had a dedicated line. It's unbelievable. So I'm hoping that with this meeting, if that's the line you dedicated to me, please take it away. <laughs> it's too slow. So you ask, you ask the right questions. Why? Why? Why that way? Is it um, there can be a people problem out of a lack of understanding of the system, how it works? So we ask ourselves, how did we ever get somebody who doesn't know it on top of it? How did it happen? So that it won't happen again. So I'm showing you how to investigate your problems. 
find out what was porous in the system. How did the system allow it to happen? Now, instead of who did it, it is how did he ever get to do it? How did he get his hands on it? I want you to have a, a new thought about how you deal with issues to make the problem go away. Now you understand human beings will necessarily defend themselves. It's an instinct. You like to defend yourself. If something happens, you want to defend yourself. So um, if you're asking a question, naturally everyone would like to defend himself. And if you were the one, you'd like to defend yourself. So if we assume that everybody's going to defend himself, so we say, okay, forget about the issue of who, who's wrong, who's the blame. We can ask ourselves, what happened? How did he ever get there? Now you say, um, it was so-and-so that put him there. Okay, why was it possible for so-and-so to put him there? Maybe the system was weak. The system allowed it. And so we change the system. We deal with the system. Are you getting this? Take for example, <clears throat> I, I had a, uh, let's say I had some money, I call it 30,000 naira, and I put this 30,000 naira somewhere in my office, and then uh, I came back to try to get it, and it wasn't there. And I said, who took my money? Who took my money? Somebody took my money. There's a thief in this room. And then they say, uh, how, what happened? I said, I know it's my roommate who took the money. Okay, everybody may blame him, investigate him, and try to find out why did he take the money. I think that something's wrong with all that because it's going to happen again. And we may never find who took the money. And it's stupid to say, okay, let's begin to pray and find out. Let God tell us who took the money. Okay, he may tell us who took the money this time, but we're going to, we're going to have to ask him again for some other money next time. So question, why did you put your money in that drawer? Or maybe a metal cabinet or some kind. Why did you put your money there? Now, we're not asking you this so we can blame you. We're trying to find out why you put the money there. Well, I didn't want to put it in my bag because um, if I put it in my bag and have to go out of the bag, I may leave it somewhere. Okay, was that the best place you could have put the money? Yes. So we look at it and we think the other staff members who would like to keep the money somewhere because they need to do something with the money and they don't have to carry the money all over all, everywhere. And plus that, you don't have a system here yet whether you use their bank cards instead of uh, cash. Still a, it's still a cash society. So, okay. Now we start thinking, something's wrong up here. If they have no place to keep the money safely, they're always going to have a problem. You may misplace the money somewhere and say, well, I, I kept it here. Someone's taken it. Now, that begins to impact on the whole system. That begins to impact on all of us. Because now, there isn't much trust. We're beginning to think, we're beginning to think somebody's a thief here. Another one is, well, you don't trust me? You think I'll steal your money? Well, I, I don't know if anybody stole the money, but it looks like you are the only one here. Well, and so, at the end of the day, we're not happy with our zeros. So, you're weakening the system. So, 
systems thinking would review it this way. They need to have a place where they keep their money. So, maybe the department, maybe the safe, uh, the, the, the unit will need to have a safe. Or maybe it may not cost so much to incorporate a little extra safe in an office where valuables, little valuables could be kept. So you think like that. Now let me give you an, another example of systems thinking. Um, when Pastor Yemisi was moved to um, take over the LTM, they used to have a, a studio at the back. There used to be a studio there. And in one of the meetings she held with the, with the staff members, she found out that the staff members spent a lot of time trying to get their food. Okay? They had to go out, get their food, um, spend so much time organizing themselves, trying to clean up the place, and so on. So she thought, okay, if so much time is spent by the editors on getting their food, getting their place cleaned up, all right, how much will it cost to get one more person who's responsible for bringing their food to them and cleaning up the place and also having to stay there since an editor always had to go to the door to open the door for somebody who's coming in. So let this fellow be there and do all of that job. How much would it cost? Would it be more expensive than how much is being lost? By the time the editors are going all around looking for the food and trying to, all of these things. And so she thought, the first thing I'm going to do is bring in a new, they restructured the, the, the space that they had, created a new space, a little lounge, where this new staff will be, and so he could attend to people and get their food, and in that way, the editors could spend more time on their job, and their productivity went higher. Can you see that? That's systems thinking. That's systems thinking. Now, she could have come in to say, I understand you always spend a lot of time looking for your food. Next time you get up from here looking for your food, you'll be in soup. You can't spend more than five minutes outside this place when you go for your food. Just go get it and come back. Now, you could do that. But it's not a practical solution to a practical problem. Come on. We're talking systems thinking. How does my work impact on the whole system? What's taking our time? Can we achieve more? Now let me show you one other thing that's very important. While you're thinking about all of this, don't try to make the job easier for yourself. Try to make the job easier for others. 
in systems thinking in a certain hospital the the pharmacists who gave the drugs to the nurses discovered something the nurses always had to mix these drugs now the pharmacists thought when they gave them the drugs the nurses administered these drugs directly see they didn't go to the same kind of school you understand they knew what the drugs were supposed to do and they gave the drugs to the nurses and so they decided to visit the nurses and find out how they were doing their job and on that visit they observed that the nurses took some of this and took some of that and took some of that and put them together before treating a patient so uh oh then he thought let's look here what we're doing is not helpful the nurses spend a long time trying to analyze measure and do all of these things why don't we ask them to tell us how much of this or this or this or this they want in a bag which they could administer as intravenous fluids you understand so the nurses were delighted to give them the information and so they began to package these things that way so now the nurses got them in directly administered the drugs and that cut away all the time of doing all that little measurements each nurse that's what they went to school for they taught them how to do that so now they're doing it but um, it was taking too long and that changed things are you listening in systems thinking we're looking at okay let's take for example uh, maybe where you work but we have to first realize that every department has some level of dependency on another department if things are going to work out right because like I told you there's no unit here that can do everything it's got to do and expect that the vision of the ministry is accomplished it's not accomplished it's going to depend on another unit so you're going to have to find out okay how do we maximize our results minimize our wastes waste of money waste of time and effort waste of space you still there so you have to see errors before you can eliminate them if you don't see them you can you can't eliminate them in each let's look at um, our priority what's our priority people okay people are our priority 
people will win. Why do we develop further the quality of our programs on television, on the internet, the quality of our publications, okay? Or what we publish, whether on TV or on the internet or in the books or magazines. Why do we improve? Because we are people conscious. We are people conscious. We are concerned about the people all over the world. The quality that we give to them. They are our concern. So the only reason I want to make your job easier for you is so that you can serve them better. Come on. So I'm not really trying to make your job easier for you. I'm trying to make sure they get what they require earlier and better. So it's not all about making your job easier. It's about quality service. So I might look for the best way of helping you achieve your goal because of them. And I hope you're listening. So, what we are doing in that effect is what providing intelligent solutions with system-wise initiatives. Write that down. Providing intelligent solutions with system-wise initiatives. That's what you mean when you talk about permanent solutions, making the problem go away. You solve it permanently. Don't let it come back next year. Don't let it come back two years' time. We shouldn't have the same problems we've been having and trying different people, you know? We just keep trying different people. Put this person there and take him out and put another one there and say, oh, it's no, it's no good. Put him up put another one and take this one out. So um, that's not a permanent solution. Find out why is the system failing. So it's not somebody, it's a system that's failing. Something's wrong. For example, okay, the guy didn't get the diesel, so the system's failing. Why is the system allowing him to do such a thing? We have to provide the kind of system that makes sure there's always diesel, there's always money available for it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There should be a system. You see, it's a, a series of processes. That's what makes up a system. So if this person doesn't know it, the other guy would know it. It just can't fail. Take one person out, the system will still work. Let's look at something. I wonder, just for, just for the record, I wonder who has the, the key to the sound room. Maybe I should begin with that. Someone has the key to the sound room. Saturday night, he's not here. They're thinking he'll be here. Sunday morning, 
They still don't find him. What do you think will happen? They'll break the door. Maybe, who knows? But that's an extreme reaction to a simple problem. Do they all have the keys? If there are three of them that work there and that can handle the machines, all three of them should have access to the keys when they require to. They should not keep the keys. They shouldn't take the keys home. They should only have access to the keys. If one has taken the key away and he's misplaced it, another one should have access to another copy. You see, you're thinking system-wise. We're talking about system-wise initiatives. Because that thing is too important for anybody to say, well, we're sorry, the sound's not on yet. Why? Because um, the brother so-and-so is not around. What in the world? Are you crazy? You mean the whole service will have to be waiting because brother so-and-so is not around? Something's wrong. Who we'll bring down the ceiling on somebody? See, so you can't give that kind of excuse. It's not the same thing like, oh, my office, I have not been able to get into my office because uh, somebody locked it and, and went over the key. I'm just waiting. They're trying to look for him. Oh, we can try to look for you on Sunday morning. First service, 6.30 a.m. But you see, we don't want to find ourselves in that difficult situation where we start explaining ourselves, well, because of this and because of that. No, no, no. So you develop a system that works. A system that completely eliminates the possibility of such a problem. See, you, you see, we're talking about a world-class team. There are things that you take into consideration which the ordinary guy will not do. Because you're thinking world class. You're thinking world class. You're thinking differently. All right. Um, we come into the auditorium and um, we, we notice there are some stains, there, there's some dirt. And so we call an official. Why, why is the rock looking so dirty? Oh, well, I'm sorry. Actually, I also noticed it. I, I told uh, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, do something about it. And they told me to clean it. They told you to clean it. Told you. That's failure. That's failure. You see, we, we've been raised in a society that has no system. And that's the reason why, as a people in the Nigerian context, we work without a system. Our nation has no ideology. The, the, the parties that are running for elections have no ideologies. The nation has no ideology. Okay? There's no system. So we're not used to systems. So it's totally alien to us. In a nation like this, we, we think there are negative stereotypes 
when you talk about systems, they just think quickly, oh, the failed civil service. They think that's what you mean by system. No. A system is based on an ideology. And where a nation has no ideology, it doesn't matter how they try to create a system, it will fail. Because it's not based on an ideology. How would you like to fly a plane? You, you just had an opportunity as you, you were uh, taking your hand luggage now, you, you're going into the plane. And just by clean opportunity, by chance maybe, you saw the engineer. And as you were going in, he was introduced to you as the chief engineer of the airline. And then um, uh, you greeted him, and you just asked him, so how's everything? And he says to you, well, um, this time we didn't think it was necessary for us to go through the normal checks. We, we just assume that since we've always been checking them, everything will be all right. I wish you a safe flight. <laughs> Imagine you heard that from him, but you thought, maybe I didn't hear him right. And then you got inside. And then you sat down, fastened your seatbelts. You heard all that announcement. And then the, 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 the captain said, well, I'm the pilot, blah, 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 blah. Um, we're just hoping that everything's going to be all right. Uh, under normal circumstances, there will be detailed checks. But um, today, um, because of time, we had to... Uh, Skip all the normal checks. We're hoping we'll have a safe flight. We've always done that. And if you'd like to come down, you have a minute or two. <laughs> Would you want to go on? Yeah. I think you said, thank God for that one or two minutes. I'm going down there. <laughs> what am I saying? There are things that the lives of men depend on. And so you will not allow yourself to accept assumptions. To say, well, I always have to do these checks every day. I always have to check. I always have to check the level of the oil before they take off. I always have to check this. I always have to check that. I have to, I have to check the, the pressure. And you can't say, well, this time I'm... Last, last, yesterday it was okay. Day before it was okay. Every time they come, it's always okay. I just keep checking. Everything is always normal. So this time, I'm not going to check. You don't do that. See, the guys that handle such jobs, let me tell you why. See, if I had an airline, which I'm sure I will have, okay, <laughs> didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't you read it on the newspaper that said I already have it? Okay. So, I'm not sure that I would allow Nigerian engineers. Why? Not because they're bad engineers. There's one reason. They don't have the culture. You don't have it. The people that do such jobs in the Western world, and even in, in, in Asia, those people are cultured to do the same thing 
again and again and again, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, if they had to check that thing every day at 10 a.m., they would do it again and again for 70 years. And they wouldn't tire of it. It's the culture. They're raised that way. We don't have that. We just get tired. No, I, I, I'm always checking. It's always the same. <laughs> they can fly. They can fly. Let them go. <laughs> Let them go. Let them go. I know it will be the same. You don't have the culture. See, that's one of the reasons I'm discussing with you. So you can um, train yourself to have certain things you do that you can do again and again as a discipline. Can I ask you a question? Is there anything in your life? Just, just think. You don't have to um, give yourself the answer from within you, okay? Don't tell me. You don't have to tell me. But here's the point. Is there anything in your life that you do regularly? You just keep doing it? You've been trained to do it? And you always do it? Think. For some of you, nothing. You can't think of a thing which you do every day, every day, every day, every day. If anything ever happened and you found you hadn't done it, you feel like, what? How cool! And you're right back to it. And so, every day. Do you have anything like that? You sure? I'd like to know. And I wonder what some of you are going to say. Now, don't talk about eating. <laughs> Who can tell me what, what is it? That, don't say what we are supposed to do. I mean, what you do, you, you do it consistently. And you've done it for years. If you were sleeping the whole day, you would rather go in your sleep to do that thing, whatever it was. Okay, tell me. Anybody here? On this side, do you have anything like that in your life? Yeah? You brush your teeth every day. That's a good word. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. She said before going to bed, she checks all the doors that they are properly locked. Did I tell you the story of uh, how I dreamt my car was stolen? I didn't tell you. It changed my life. I'll tell you the story just now. Tell me. Okay, yours is brushing your teeth. Some people don't do that. Yeah. And then sometimes he fasts too because he's a pastor, you know. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Excellent. Anybody else? So I've got three people here. 
who have certain things they do on a regular basis. They do every day. They've trained themselves by instinct to do those things. Yeah. Taking your bath before you sleep. Isn't that nice? Yes, anybody else? I haven't seen any guys yet. Okay, there's one there. Uh, you can use the, there's a microphone. Yeah. Switching off electrical appliances. Switching off electrical appliances. Yeah, you do that? Yeah, when, it, when it's raining, I switch off the electrical, I disconnect them. So when it's raining? Yeah, when it's No, I do that often. Yeah, I no, can't. hold on, hold on. Hold on, that's good. That's good. That means he has an alarm within him when it rains. But apart from when it rains, I do. you I also do that? I do, I switch off the electrical when I disconnect them from the wall. You know, because you're moving the microphone, I'm not hearing you. I disconnect the... You disconnect... From the wall, then switch off. When That's very good. Who taught you that? Well, I discovered that, you know, there could be surges during falls, two lightnings. So I do that to prevent... That, that's very good. That's very, very good. Anybody else? The guy behind Great, sir. Every day, when we wake up in the morning, since I was young, when we wake up, we don't greet our mom. It's after morning prayer. We just say, good morning, ma. Good morning, sir. After prayer, okay, we after pray. Prayer, because yeah, you in the morning. used to pray together. Yeah. Okay. And if, when we wake up, if we have not prayed, my mom calls us, have you prayed this morning? We all come to the living room and we pray. Okay. Every morning. To pray? Yeah. Okay. Um, do they live here in Lagos? My dad stays in Port Harcourt. My mom stays in Lagos. Okay, since you've not been with them, what have you been doing? I pray in the morning when I wake up. And then you call them on the phone and greet them? <laughs> Excuse me. Now, hold on. <laughs> uh, let's see, there's a point here. There's a point. There's a point here. He's talking about something with which he grew up, which is good. And I think... That if he went to Port Harcourt, where they are... It's only my dad that stays in Port Harcourt. Okay, so where's your mom? Here? She, yeah, she stays here. Okay, do, do you live with her? Yes, sir. Okay, that means you greet her every morning still. Yes, sir. That's great. That's great. That's great. Anybody else? Okay. Have you just remembered yours? <laughs> All right, give it to you. Uh, Pastor, I learned doing this whenever, no matter how busy I am, since I heard from a, a tape, a minister, that I can tell the Holy Spirit how much I love him, no matter how busy I am, even if it's just a sentence, I learned to say, I love you, Holy Spirit. That's nice. That's good. Anybody else? On this side. Okay, come on, give it to him here. Nobody on this side. Yes. Good evening, sir. I check my car every day. Before you check I your car every day. Yes. That's very good. That's very good. Yes. Good evening, Pastor. It is my habit that every morning before I leave my, um, my house, there is a place that we lock 
and make sure that all the electricity there are switched off. And also ensure that my water heater is switched off. Then in the office, when I close in the evening, I switch off everything in my office. That's remarkable. The only thing that I leave, and I will remind somebody, go into my room and switch it off, is the LC LCN. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. I hope you are listening. Are you listening? Now that's very, very important. Very, very important. See, I, I had a car one time, some years ago. And it was a very nice car because I ordered it. And they helped me bring it out of the ship. So, I liked the car. But um, I didn't done the security lock you know it should have a security lock uh, a demobilizing system and I hadn't done that so one night I had a dream I dreamt that uh, I went somewhere to visit somewhere and the dream was somehow I parked at the front of the house on the road just off and um, somehow, I didn't lock the car, and I slept off. I dreamt that I slept off in the night. Then I woke up. I was dreaming that I now woke up. Then I said, oh, my car is outside. I didn't park the car right. Oh, how could I be? Oh, so I rushed outside to go and park the car, and it wasn't there. The car was gone. I thought, oh God, oh God, oh God. You see, if you've never had a car, you don't know what it is not to have it. So it was, oh my, oh, oh. I didn't know what to do. I was so, I felt terrible. Can't describe it. Then I woke up and discovered I was dreaming. Ha! I just went straight to my knees. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I was so glad it was a dream. And I immediately ordered for the, the mobilizing system, the steering lock, the pedal locks. <laughs> I got everything. <laughs> I was going to make sure it never happened. So that's why sometimes I can understand some people that leave their cars anyhow and then the pastor has to announce in the church, if you left your car unlocked, maybe you should have that dream. <laughs> See, you start thinking security when you grow up in your mind. See, when you grow up in your mind. You heard what Dickiness said about locking the doors. Learn to lock the doors. That's something Pastor Anita used to say. She'd say, make things difficult for a thief. Don't make it easy. When you leave the doors open, you make it easy for the thief. Make things difficult. 
if you make things difficult, then a thief will really have to be prepared to come to you. And chances are, he'll never get the time to prepare for that. But if you make it easy, you're making a big mistake. Even someone who didn't plan to steal will be tempted to come. Make it difficult. Learn to use your locks. If you have a car, get your security devices. Try to make things difficult for a thief. Don't make it easy. Be security-minded. Okay? And then you also heard others who mentioned putting off electrical devices when they're not there. Now that's very important. Let me tell you two reasons why that's very important. Firstly, you, you need to understand that our electrical supplies in Nigeria are not consistent. Whether you're getting it from the public utilities or you are using your private generator is the same problem. Irregular flow. Now, this irregular electricity could blow up your devices, meaning that those machines could be damaged. But that's the smaller part of the danger. Because you could think of replacing the damaged devices. The more dangerous part of it is this. Some devices, when they blow up, they burn. And when they burn, nobody's in there to stop the fire until you've burnt up a whole house. That's the greater danger. That's why you should turn them off when you're not there. Practice doing it regularly. Let it become your habit. Practice doing it. And then in your life you will not have to regret. There are many people whose lives are full of regrets. Had I known, I wish I, I had I known. We've known of homes that were burnt because of an electrical iron. They left that little thing on. It got hot. The cable got hot. The extension got hot, burnt up, burnt through the cable to the socket in the wall, burnt up the rug, the whole thing caught fire, started out with everything else in the room until the whole house was aflame. And they lost everything. And you know, they don't have insurance here. The insurance system isn't working. So when they lose everything, they really lose everything. So learn 
creating good habits. Good habits is a form of discipline. If you have anything in your life that you can do consistently, that's a good sign. That's a good sign of a disciplined spirit because you can transfer that discipline that you have in that area of your life into any other area and discipline yourself in any other area. But if you don't have any, any area where you can pick on something that you're consistent with, you can begin today. See, the Bible says anybody who has no rule over his spirit is like a city whose walls are broken down. And that's tragic. That's tragic. Moving right along. Now, we have what you call CQI. And that means continuous quality improvement culture. We have to develop a continuous quality improvement culture. Okay? A CQI culture. We have to develop it. Thinking ahead, developing the process, developing the system, changing things to be better and better and better. So if we focus on our vision of winning people, you'd see that everything else really will fall into place if each one of us would focus on our vision. doesn't matter what uh, unit or what department we work in. The fact is, if we become people conscious, you find somebody that's stranded outside there. I know we're all military men. We just come, what are you doing here? Is this where you're having service? Please go inside, please go inside your home. Please, please, please go, in, please go inside. Or the moment you see them coming, you just stand at the door like this, so they, they can see you immediately. I don't know why we like those things. Why do we, why do we like this kind of posing? We, we just seem to like being, being assumed to be some strong characters. Is it really necessary? Why can't we have someone who hurries to you to greet you quickly and to help you direct you to a place where you should be? I want us to become more help conscious. See, let's look out for how we can help people. If we want to direct them, let's see how we can do it with inspiration. With courtesy. So we, we have to see things differently. Let's begin to show those who come here that when you come in here, you are in a different environment. Can we do that? Yes. So everything will have to now drive in that direction. Culture in a new environment, in communicating that message to everybody 
who comes here that this is definitely a different kind of environment doesn't matter where you come from but when you get here you're sure going to meet people who care people who think about you people who can talk to you like you are somebody people who can look you in the eyes and greet you right like you're somebody that's what I want us to do so you're going to be breaking a promise you see what's a promise um, in a relationship like this we'll talk about a team and a system a promise is not a statement that you have made your presence here is a promise that you are going to function in the direction of our vision so you are breaking a promise if you talk rudely to somebody if you fail to help to provide help to a needy person who comes in here if you fail to approach a stranger to help him find his way you're breaking the promise Because to work here is to promise to function according to the vision that we have here. To have this auditorium dirty and have a meeting take place here while it's dirty is to break your promise. So every department, every unit, will have to take this message home. You take this home, take it to your department, take it to your unit, and break it down and begin to see things differently. Provide new processes for your work. Find out what is difficult in the department. What is difficult in the unit? Are there things that we can change? I think that there are many things we can change. If you would look carefully into the system, you'd see things that we can change. We can make a lot of things better. I think it was systems thinking when somebody thought that we should have a laundry here and created a laundry to try to help people um, get their clothes uh, washed uh, cleaned up so they could spend more time on other things but if it's not working right look into it and find out why it's not working right because it's something desirable but like in many things you have what you call elephant projects okay they started out a project cost a lot of money nobody wanted to finish it So you have all such things all around the country. Failed projects. Shouldn't be the same with you. You start out something, find out how to make it work. But don't stick with something that must work just because it's got to work. If it's not right, close it up. It doesn't have to be there. When people come to see anybody here, 
whether they come to see the pastor, they come to see a member of staff, or whoever they come to see, why must anybody come here and wait 30 minutes and they haven't seen the person they want to see? One of the things I don't like doing is waiting. I never like waiting anywhere, and I don't like people waiting for me. So I prefer to be told when to come. And I feel many people are like me. So when people want to see me, I like them to know when they can come. Now if that time is not alright, I would rather, please don't stay. Let's give you another time. Because I think that you could do some more creative things with the time you're waiting with. Don't wait. So what you come to some offices, there's Mr. So-and-so there, maybe he's a plumber, there's another one there, he's a painter, there's another one there, he's an electrician, there's another one there, he's come to get his money for, his, for the materials to be printed, there's another person there, he's somebody. So they're all waiting and waiting, and some people think it's wonderful to have a lot of people waiting for you. It's a sign of failure. Oh yes, it is. Whether they're waiting at the hospital or the governor's office or wherever they're waiting, it's a sign of failure. Everybody's waiting for you. They're waiting there, waiting there, waiting there. Burning man hours. A sign of failure. Change things. Don't let people wait. If you've made an appointment with the, with the, with the guy at the press, Make sure if it's money he's coming to collect, make sure his money is waiting. All right, um, you're coming 10 a.m. 10 a.m., good, deal. All right, at 10 a.m., let his check be waiting for him. Now, if his check is not ready, call him up and say, are you already on your way? He says, well, yes, I'm, I'm getting close. All right, do you have anything else to do within the next 30 minutes? He says, oh, well, a lot of things. Okay, uh, can you just go anywhere else? Give, I need 30 minutes for your check to be ready. Okay, thank you. He goes to somewhere else. 30 minutes later, he's here and here's his check. Minimize waiting time. You know, we can do such things internally for ourselves. When we talk about waste, waste is not only in money. Waste is in time. Sometimes I wish I could have more time. I wish I could get more and more time. But it's fixed. There's only 24 hours in the day. It's fixed. We can get more. So in the various departments and units, you're going to have to start thinking out, okay, here's what we're going to do. How can we... Take, for example, you've got another problem here. Um, hmm. Okay, maybe... The toilets or the bathrooms, sometimes I think they're not enough. And uh, that's a very serious situation. I understand that there's, there's some work going on to um, reconstruct or to construct new ones, things like that. Things we can do to change the quality of life that we live and improve the quality of work. 
in our environment. Now, those things are not, um, they're not less important than the work themselves. For example, if in your, in your department you don't have any toilets, no staff toilets, no staff bathrooms, those things are not less important than the work that's going on there. Because that could be a health problem. Knocking at the door. I think that every, every unit should have toilets and bathrooms within. Now these are things you can start working on. I want to see a situation where a lot of these changes, because I'm, I'm going to be reviewing what you've done as a result of these training programs we have had. I'm going to be reviewing your, your, your work on these things by November. I said I'm going to be reviewing what you've done. You have enough time to make important changes. You have enough time. If you start now, you can change a lot of stuff. Change a lot of stuff. If you're determined, let's make this environment a different environment, an environment that works. You shouldn't come in here and everywhere is dark, there's no light, then they say, Nepa. Don't talk Nepa. You have generators. Why do, you, why do we have these generators if they're not going to work? Let's think differently. Now, we, we, we could also think like this. Um, you know, um, we have to uh, economize in a way. Um, if we don't need the light, then we, we don't have to put the generators on. Okay, that's another way. Okay, you're talking about saving money. All right? But you forget that you have security problems when you have no light. Lots of security problems. And I, I think that security is, a, is, is something that everybody should be concerned about. And when you talk about security, it's not only, you're not just talking about thieves. You're talking about safety. 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 If there's no light and somebody gets injured, imagine somebody falls and gets injured. What's the cost? Do you know what the cost is? When you're a child and you fall down, People don't really care much. All right? But when you grow up and you fall down, it's dangerous. Because then the scar may never go away. You know what I'm talking about? 
when you were younger, you fell a lot of times. You got a lot of bruises on your knees, on your legs. But not now. You don't want to fall down now. And then for some dumb reason, you fell. They said there was no light. You would have known that the step was not over yet. But you thought that was the last. And you stepped off and down you went. Now you hit your head somewhere. It's bleeding. There's no light to get any first aid. The, everything is messed up. What do you think God's going to be thinking? There you are. In the name of Jesus. Jesus says, what is wrong with you? Can't you just be wise? Safety. Safety. We need light. We need light. Safety. We want to see where we're going. We want to know what's where. We want to hit anything. So, we want an environment that works. A place where everything works. You get it? Where everything works. If things are working, but when they get to you, they don't work, you're in the wrong place. You've been told where to park your car. Park your car there. Let the system work. All right? Do not bring the car somewhere else and then um, helping to defeat the system. Make sure your actions don't tend to defeat the system. Make the system work. Don't defeat the purpose. Make it work. I want to come out with a material that's going to be printed. Maybe it's Rhapsody, maybe it's a book, maybe it's something. And uh, it's your responsibility to take it to the press. Well, uh, it's already 4 p.m. Uh, if I get in the car now and go down to the press, uh, it to take me a long time. I may not meet the man. In fact, I've called him on the phone. He didn't come in yet. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'll do it tomorrow. Procrastination. Until we can't do it. Save the time. Save the day. What should be done today should be done today. Try your best to do it today. You'll be happier. You're going to be more fulfilled if you do it today. So let's try. Let's give them a call and get it there. Well, the man said, I'm not going to be in my office. Oh, please, why don't you come to the office? I'll meet you there. I'm going there now. Come on. Try to convince him. And he'll say, well, okay, I wasn't planning to, but um, because of you. Okay, I'll go to the office. How long will it take you? About an hour. Okay, let's go. And then you've done it. And you're happy with yourself. So you bought for yourself an extra day. You see that? That's why the Bible says redeeming the time. It means to buy back the time. See? The time that you're wasting is buy it back. Save it. Buy it back. Buy it back. Don't lose it. So I'm thinking you're planning on good quality. I think your head is really hot. Hot and smoking 
with readiness for success? I think so. And you're thinking new ways. Think, look. You know, little things like this, you can, you, you can watch um, uh, video on demand, all right? TV on demand, is that right? You can get all of this now, right here. That means greater opportunities for us to put our programs out there. So what are we going to do? We have to do the best. So start thinking of new concepts. New concepts. New concepts. Think fresh like you never knew anything before. Think new. Pastor Kenny was working on uh, something on the environment the other day. I saw the video. When are, we, when are we going to start working on it? When are we acting on it? Do you have it here? Can we watch it? There's a, there's a screen here. Can you arrange for us to watch it? Okay. I want you to see it. You'll like it. You'll like it. It's for an environment that works. There was something, um, I, I don't know who, who, who was responsible for this. I think maybe Pastor Biola may have been. But um, there was a time they thought, okay, let's clean up our environment. And they got some beans, uh, waste beans, all around this place. Everywhere became cleaner. People just knew where to drop something. You see, that was good thinking. That was good thinking. That's positive thinking. Making a problem go away. See, instead of shouting, why are you putting the papers there? Well, there's nowhere to put them. So instead of accusing them, we look at the system. The system demands that they go round and round and round, look for somewhere to put it. So we modify the system. Within every few meters, there's a place to drop your waste. You see, there's a place to drop your waste. I used to see something in some hotels. They would write um, um, some things you shouldn't drop in a toilet bowl. They just write, don't drop this, don't drop that. You don't want me to mention those things. You know what I'm talking about. So they say, don't drop them in the toilet bowl. But I often wondered, what do they want the people to do? Later on, I started finding out some of them began to provide um, things like paper bags, cellophane bags. That's still poor. Okay? That's still poor. There are better things. There are better ways. If you... Now, I don't know about every... Aircraft, but um, some of the ones we've used, um, there's a place to drop different things. If they are heavier, there's a place to drop them. So you don't put everything in the toilet bowl. You know, they can create such. But no much thinking. Don't put this thing here. It's just a law. Like. Uh, Nigeria, the southern part of Nigeria has a lot of rainfall, okay? Now, it's funny for any government or any company to build roads without gutters. No drainage. The roads will be damaged. They can't survive. See, it's this kind of thinking 
that can help us build a new future. You understand? A new future. How many of you have seen... Now, let's look, look, let's look at this. How many of you have seen uh, water sprinklers? I want to show you something. In houses or in buildings. You've seen them? Good. What do they look like? Okay. That's very good. What about the ones for plants? What? You've seen them too. Okay, good. Now, in an environment that works, how, what are the things you would have to think of if you wanted to have sprinklers for your garden, for your field, your lawn? What? Good water supply. Constant water supply. The country here is not an environment that works. You know that. I understand that they have a water problem in Lagos. It's unthinkable. We're just by the ocean. How could we have a water problem in Lagos? We sit on water and we have a water problem in Lagos. Almost anywhere in Lagos that you dig there's water in the ground. Why should we have water problems in Lagos? So Lagos should be a beautiful place. Lagos should look like a garden. But there are no thinkers. There are no thinkers for Lagos. Did you notice some time back, some, some, some months ago, maybe somewhere two years ago, they painted the roads, they put... Uh, uh, traffic road marks, all right? They marked everything. But the people weren't educated to know what they meant. They were not informed. They were not educated. So where are the marks now? Now we know why they did it. It was for contracts. Somebody got a contract to get some money, and so they, they marked the roads. Now he spent the money. He doesn't need the marks anymore. Such things shouldn't be. We plan for the future. See, if we want to mark the roads, we should also educate the people. Use television. It's so easy. In two weeks, you get everybody driving right. Because everybody really wants to drive right. In two weeks, you would motivate the whole country. Just educate them. So I want you to begin that process here and carry out the necessary kind of education and uh, see how we too can build for ourselves an environment that works. If we do that now, we will be in the right position to help others, to help the nation as a whole. I think we will be available to do that at the appropriate time. See? I think so. I think we'll be able to do that because um, somewhere, um, some months from now, maybe somewhere between October and uh, February or so, 
we'll be having the, the, the next youth conference. And during the youth conference, <laughs> during the conference, I'm going to be educating them on certain things to build the future. See? We're going to look into the future and get positioned for that future. See, but we have to begin something here. And we'll be available to help the rest of the nation. I want to see you dress smartly. I want to see you dress nicely. Yourself, it starts with you. Dress right. When you're coming out of your office, be smart. Look good, look clean. Your hair, your shoes. Don't come around, moving around with bathroom slippers and those kind of funny things. No. You're in a different environment. You're concerned about your appearance. It matters. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to take care of your environment. That's for sure. And if you're that staff that's always looking for tissue paper, <coughs> I know I hit you below the belt. Now you're not thinking of that. I'm not expecting you to say anything about that, but I'm going to say something about it. You never have tissue paper. It's worse than not having credit for your phone. If you don't have credit for your phone, you don't have a serious problem. But not to have your own tissue paper, you got a problem. You should have. Are you in doubt as to what tissue paper is used for? You should have your own tissue paper. No, think about it. You are not 10 years old. You are not 12. An elderly man like yourself. 27 years old. You don't have tissue paper. And you see no reason why you should have. I know you didn't think about it before, but from today, you're going to buy your own tissue paper. When you finish, when you close from this meeting, go and buy your own tissue paper. I'm serious. <laughs> Buy your tissue paper. Keep it in your cupboard, your drawer, or wherever your cabinet, wherever you're going to keep it. Keep it there. And nobody has a right to come and ask you for your tissue paper. Because everybody's supposed to have his own tissue paper. Are you hearing me? Yes. Buy your tissue paper. If you don't have tissue paper, within the next 48 hours. Let me tell you. It means that you don't hear to do. That's what it means. Because tissue paper is so simple. If you can't do that, none of the other important things that I've said can become active in you. See? Because this is the simplest, and this is where you are now going to take action that depends on nobody else. And it is for you. You buy your tissue paper within the next 48 hours. Keep it in your drawer, 
or in your cupboard or in your car okay you say I don't have any of this you have a bag keep it in your bag you don't have that If you don't have that, then you have to go into partnership. <laughs> I think so. You have to go into partnership with somebody, maybe a friend of yours. So both of you will be keeping your tissue papers together. <laughs> so are we having more people coming to church? More people are coming to church? Really? So are you glad about it? Okay. So if more people are coming to church, it means that what we are all doing is working. Is that right? Now, it means it's working. It means that what they're doing at the, uh, um, uh, what do you call the, the PCFs, the, you know, the various departments in the church, it means that all of them are working. Okay? But then we must drive it further. We must drive it further because that's our main uh, job. We have to drive it further. We have to do more. And remember, I said we're going to have, we're going to create a new uh, systems development department. And you are free to apply for it. Anybody from the level of a manager upward. You are free to apply for it. If you know what it is and you are you're sure it's something you like to do, that'd be nice. It's a, it's a department that should be thinking for us in various aspects of development irrespective of the department where we want to develop. Can we pray? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Take the time to talk to the Lord yourself. The Lord's presence will be with you. His grace will increase in your life. His blessings will increase in your life. The knowledge of His Word has been granted you. The understanding of the things of God. The wisdom of God in your life functioning. The Lord is blessing you now. He's blessing you now. The Lord is blessing you now. The Lord who has brought you into this place, into this ministry, He will use you mightily. He will use you mightily. Because you have come at the right time to further the course of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. His blessing will increase in your life. The Lord is leading you, strengthening you. None of your steps shall slide. You're protected in your going out and in your coming in. Everything that concerns you is blessed. The Lord is watching over you.
to do you good. Go ahead and worship Him.